Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Jiho. I'm a co-founder of Sky Mavis. And today I'm on the Edge of NFT podcast. Keep listening. Hi, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how Sky Mavis, the crew behind Axie Infinity, is taking their samurai-inspired network Ronin to new far-off regions of creativity. And how our guest today applies the concept of 100% responsibility and demonstrates it by personally connecting with this OG community. And how the Corium mainnet launch will go off like a rocket ship at Outer Edge LA. That's right. And finally, NFTLA 2022 was a blast. It was also a blast off in a giant plume of bright burning rocket fuel, Web3, NFTs, blockchain, decentralization, and a suite of immersive new tech developments have just exploded onto the canvas of life. Outer Edge is the theme of this year's event, dedicated to those of you building with us at the Outer Edges, making the future happen. The community-centric gathering returns to LA March 20th to the 23rd, 2023, to uplift creators and technologists through interactive experiences, uh, discussions and presentations, and entertaining surprises that transport participants to the outer edge of what's possible when we co-create a new paradigm embracing the decentralized web, AI, extended reality, and more. To register, to attend, or learn how to co-create an experience, head over to outeredge.live. The event's being organized by our Edge of Company and us founders here at the Edge of NFT podcast. We will see you there. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Jiho, the co-founder of Sky Mavis, the creators of Axie Infinity, the largest NFT gaming ecosystem with over 2 million active Axie holders. As Chief Growth Officer, Jiho's mission is to grow both the community and economy of Axie, a community-led digital nation that invites gamers to learn Web3 technology while building a decentralized world together. Sky Mavis, the developers behind the hit NFT game Axie Infinity, is gamifying the blockchain. Jiho, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's an honor to finally have you on the show. We had you as one of our featured sort of opening speaker for Outer Edge LA, formerly NFTLA last year. And it was nice to run into you and eat Denver and catch up a little bit on everything you guys have going on. It's been a wild year for all of us. And Sky Mavis is this really amazing game where people have the ability to sort of build player-owned economies that will be places where they can live, work, and play, really experience life on in a digital format that feels very surreal, true digital nations. How did this concept come into being? So bunch of the co-founders of Sky Mavis, we were actually CryptoKitty players, right? So I met Chong and Alexander playing CryptoKitties way back in 2017. And I think a common element for us is that we were people that weren't interested in crypto or blockchain when it was just about money, when it was just about speculation. But all of the founders of Sky Mavis were all gamers. We grew up gaming. We all grew up 
collecting as well. Like Alexander is a big Magic the Gathering player. I grew up collecting fossils and insects and Pokemon cards. Trung and Masamune. Trung is the CEO. Masamune is the artist that gave life to Axie. And they actually used to create card games and cards that they'd give out to their classmate in Vietnam. So all of us are collectors and gamers. And when we learned about NFTs, it was like, okay, this is something that's speaking to the right part of our brain, right? It's speaking to the collector in us, it's speaking to the gamer in us. And we're lucky to learn about CryptoKitties quite early on and then start asking questions, right? Like, what's next? What does the final form of this look like? What does a Web3 game or an NFT game that's really using the technology to its full potential, what does that look like? And this journey has been about trying to answer that question, right? What does a player-owned economy look like? What are the benefits of tokenizing in-game assets? How can you actually create a Web3 game that is scalable, is fun, and is decentralized? So these are the things that we've been collectively working on and pushing forward. Very cool. And what's interesting, you mentioned that CryptoKitties was a moment for you. It's definitely a moment for Jeff and I as well. Zach, actually, our, our head of Outer Edge LA, was hosting a casual meetup with Mac, one of the founders of CryptoKitties, at a, one of those dive bars in Venice, California, around that time. And this was after CryptoKitties blew up the internet and blew up Ethereum. And this is just a group of guys having fun and they were still figuring out what they wanted to be when they grew up. It's so interesting to think about how your journey went down and where our journey went down, where we're like, oh man, this is really exciting stuff. We want to talk about this stuff all the time. And then, you know, poof, Axie Infinity comes up and, you know, we started the podcast in March of 2021 and the journey continues. Yeah. And we've talked about Axie quite a bit on the show. And it's been kind of a shining example of some of the the most innovative things that are going on in Web3 and NFTs. So kudos on achieving that. And again, from a state of curiosity and fun as well, which is really cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of the Sky Mavis features of the platform in addition to kind of being the user first platform that it is? So Everything that we build, we build with this intention of being able to introduce the world to crypto through something that's fun, through something that's nostalgic, something that's user-friendly, right? So while we've built Axie, and Axie is the number one NFT project by all-time trading volume, right, at $4.2 billion, we've onboarded millions of people to Web3, right? 50% of Axie players... Axie was the first thing that they've ever done within crypto. But we also have started building out the infrastructure needed to make a game like Axie, right? And that's been realized through Ronin Network, right? So in the early days, we were building on Ethereum and it's like CryptoKitties and right, it's a lot of the projects that you see, transaction fees were quite high, right? Anytime that there was a lot of excitement on the network and excitement around Web3, you'd have gas fees that really started to spike and were pricing out a lot of the types of activities that are needed 
for a game. So we've built our own infrastructure called Ronin. And the idea is that we use this infrastructure to scale Axie to millions of players. And because it's battle tested, because it's proven to work, we can also use Ronin and provide Ronin to game developers that also want to leverage this technology and scale their games. And not only can we provide the infrastructure, but we also have this audience, right? We have this audience on the Ronin network that's really excited for other experiences that they can interact with and, and get started with, right? We have actually onboarded people that are interested in trying out these games. And I think that's a key differentiator with what we've built, right? Is we have this community that's super active, that understands Web3 gaming and has also even onboarded people already to this technology, right? 55% of our players actually were onboarded by friends and family, right? So this is a community that really understands how to explain the benefits of Web3 to people. And when we talk to game developers, right, they're really interested in having this commingling or cross-pollination of our community with the community around the games that they're looking to build. Very cool. So you keep using this word Ronin, so I had to Google it. Obviously, I want to break down what Ronin is in your world, but it's actually, I, I was like, wait, this sounds like something I've heard before. So it's a wandering samurai who has no lord or master. Is that related to sort of what Ronin Saigon Testnet is all about? And, you know, tell us about sort of the migration to DPoS and how all these things fit together. Sure. So a Ronin is a samurai without a master, and it really represents how Ronin has allowed us to take the destiny of our products into our own hands. And that's also what we're looking to provide to other game developers and other builders through the platform. I love that. Yeah. Who needs a master, right? Like we should all be free to sort of do what we want and sort of live into our own sort of future destiny, right? That's a pretty cool concept. There's definitely this aspect of rebellion against the existing systems and structures that is inherent to Web3, right? And I think the naming of Ronin is is definitely a nod towards that, for sure. Very cool. Sorry, I'm muted here. Can you tell us a little bit more about the update, the, the Saigon testnet migrating to DPoS and kind of a little bit more about what those are and, and why that's important? Sure. So what's happening this week? Ronin is officially migrating to DPoS and we're launching Ron staking, right? So the community that the Ronin community has been act, asking for two main things. They've been really looking forward to Ron staking, right? Which is basically the ability to lock up or stake your tokens to help validate the network in return for rewards. They've also been asking for new games on Ronin. And that's what this week is about, is like, finally, we're launching Ron Staking and also simultaneously announcing these new game studio partners that are being onboarded onto the network. Mm, yeah, that's great. Users first. That's always a good way to develop and progress. So much appreciated on that. And in terms of the 
in terms of this going on, again, you said it's like a, it's a response to user demands and so on and so forth. Any other reasons why this is important that this is a direction maybe just internally or just for the long-term growth of everything that you're working on? Well, so far, there hasn't really been this clear, obvious leader or winner when it comes to, is there an obvious place for me to come and launch my Web3 game? Where can I launch my game? What blockchain can I launch my game on that's going to allow me to get this golden cohort of users? And we think that there is a huge opportunity to be seized where we can make Ronin the facto go-to chain of choice for game developers that are looking to launch and bootstrap and get an initial community. We know that this can work, right? We've used it for Axie and we have hundreds of thousands of players that are looking for new products, new experiences to interact with because the Axie IP, right? It might not be for everyone in our, who's even in our ecosystem, right? There may be players within our ecosystem who are better fits for other types of IP. And, you know, one analogy that I like to make, right, is, okay, if Axie is our Mario, then what will be our Donkey Kong, our Zelda? What does Super Smash Brothers look like, right? Like Mario would never have gotten as large as it got or grew to be if there weren't other IPs that are adding right. to this universe and adding new player archetypes into this ecosystem. And yes. there's a... There's like a sort of raw and staking component to this, right? And you break that down for us and sort of, you know, as you think about sort of the future of a sort of lower risk environment that sort of we can be more defensive towards hacking, how you're thinking about staking in this ecosystem. Sure. So run staking is a big upgrade to the network because it allows for this migration to delegated proof of stake, which allows for there to be actual tokens locked up, securing the network, allowing for there to be more validators and basically a more decentralized network, which obviously makes the network more secure. So, you know, that's the gist or that's just the main point behind delivering on, on RON staking. So. Yeah, so similar to like CZ and a lot of folks in the industry, there's a strong push for decentralization whenever possible. Sure. And it needs to be very purposeful and kind of methodical, right? And that, okay, obviously like Ethereum is the most decentralized possible, right? But then I think there are gradations or there are different levels of decentralization that make sense for different types of products. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your roadmaps moving forward, maybe some big news and how it's developing? Sure. Well, I think it makes sense to break this question up into two sections, right? So there's the Axie side and then there's the Ronin side. So let's talk about Ronin first. So on Ronin, we want to make Ronin the go-to place for Web3 game developers to launch their products and their games and to grow their communities. So we're really focused on being able to build out the capabilities to launch these games on Ronin and actually have them scale their communities, right? So that means having an in-house NFT marketplace, right? Today, we're launching 
or this week we've launched Ron Staking, right? And and we're announcing these different game studios. So a lot of it on the Ronin side is like, okay, how do we, what are all the tools? What are all the products that we need on Ronin for these game developers to be able to launch and grow their games? On the Axie side, so one thing that may be surprising to the viewers is that there are actually multiple Axie games that you can play right now, right? So we have Axie Infinity Origins, which is the latest version of the card battler. That's kind of what everyone knows about when they think about Axie. We also have Axie Infinity Homeland, which is like a land-based game where you can build up a city or a village, harvest resources. So that type of experience, which you can actually access by owning land. We're this year looking to open it up to non-landholders as well through a delegation feature, which basically would allow people to lend out their land. So improving those core experiences. We also have Axie games that are being built out by third-party developers, such as Axie Infinity Raylights, which is being built by Quicksave, a Finnish game studio. And then we have experiences like Axie Doll, which is actually built by the community. So it's a lot like Survivor.io, if you're familiar with that, but Axie-based. So if you go to app.axieinfinity.com slash games, you'll be able to see this entire library of content that's really starting to fill out around the Axie universe. So there's definitely a lot to build. Why? Because we're focused on expanding and fleshing out the infrastructure side of side of things while also continuously adding content to this universe that we're developing on the Axie side. And they really go hand in hand, right? More content, more users, that also provides more of an incentive or reason for game developers to launch their IP on Ronin to build on top of Axie, but to also launch other IP on Ronin to also tap into that experience or, or to, to into that community. That's really exciting. You know, when you think about the potential of like all the games, like in my head, I'm like, is there like NFL version of Axie where you can like start throwing touchdowns to your characters and stuff? But but in all honesty, I mean, there's a lot of lore that goes into sort of building a universe like this and a lot of sort of co-creation, if you will. How do you kind of look at Axie from an IP perspective and how people are branching off to it? It must be like really exciting, like kind of like a dad having grandchildren, if you will. Well, this is the fifth year of Axie, right? We just celebrated the fifth birthday. So yeah, every year it gets crazier. And yeah, I mean, it's it's been amazing to start to see also the community really become more independent and more responsible for the success of the universe, right? Yeah, a bunch of Ronins hanging out, doing their own thing. All right, last question of this segment, and we're looking forward to the next one. Have a little bit of fun getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, anything else in the Web3 space beyond the Axie Infinity ecosystem that has captured your attention? I know you mentioned CryptoKitties earlier. Anything else you're keeping your eye on or taking a nod from or inspired by or movements that you find particularly interesting? Well, something that we're really interested in is this idea of upgradable or dynamic NFTs. So one of the things that I think is really important for the future of the Axie universe is right right now, people can look at NFTs and tell 
how rich someone is, right? Or how expensive an NFT is. But people should be able to look in an NFT and learn about what the owner has accomplished, right? To learn aspects of their identity. And right now, that isn't the case. So I'm really excited about NFTs that can actually be upgraded over time. And we're going to be doing a lot of experimentation with that in the Axie universe. And I think a lot of those learnings can also be applied to the games that we're onboarding onto Ronin, right? So just like we created this model where, you know, for the first time ever, people were able to earn ERC-20 tokens with an ERC-721 non-fungible token, that was a net new invention, right? What are the next net new inventions that we will come up with that gets NFTs to the next level, that gets Web3 gaming to the next level. And I, to be honest, it seems like it will be up to us to create net new things that add zeros to the amount of traction and that's out there, right? There's still never been an NFT that's notable with millions of users other than Axie as well. So I think the space really looks to us to tr- provide guidance in terms of what are the new mechanics that projects should be playing around with. Yeah, I think dynamic NFTs is a really exciting area. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. I mean, the autographs did something for one season with Tom Brady as his performance scaled. And, you know, this is something we'll be talking about at Outer Edge. And and yeah, no pressure at all. But I do think the industry has looked towards what you guys are doing for inspiration and guidance as we all co-create together. So I'm super excited about all these developments in your ecosystem, and I'll be watching closely to see what's next and really appreciate you sharing all this alpha with us. Yeah, fun stuff. By the way, Josh, did you get one of those? I feel like that's right up your alley, but then again, we're so busy. We, I, I, I don't always I, get a chance to get that. Yeah, I do own multiple Tom Brady NFTs. True there story. I own there a lot of go. NFTs, but yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Jiho, for all the intel on what's been going on with Axie. And we finally got you on the show, which is really cool. Like I said, we've been talking about Axie since pretty much day one. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? (laughs) Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. (laughs) Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintraininalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. So anyways, next segment is Edge Quick Hitters. We get a chance to get to know you a little bit better and and a bit of your background, which has already been kind of fun hearing the gamer background and stuff. So these are just a fun, quick way to get to know you a little bit better called Edge Quick Hitters. There's 
10 questions. We're looking for a short, single, or few word response, but you can feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you ready? I'm ready, yeah. Let's do it. All right. First question. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Godzilla toy. Purchasing myself, right? So like I had to save up. Yeah. I remember selling my toys as a kid to be able to buy a Godzilla toy that I really wanted at Toys R Us. Nice. What was appealing about Godzilla? Like, was it the sort of monster aspect like Mm, i was always into dinosaurs just growing up i just loved dinosaurs and then it was like godzilla was like this super dinosaur that was i just loved it i watched the godzilla movies in japanese actually without subtitles i'm not sure it was something that i loved as like a four or five-year-old that's awesome we literally just took my five-year-old to a dinosaur museum over the weekend in kenosha wisconsin so it's right up our alley and they say there's like there's really two small groups of humans that know the most about dinosaurs on the planet and that's like four to five year olds and the actual you know paleontologist that study dinosaurs oh yeah and then everybody else in between knows like nothing so that you may have answered the second question second question is what's the first thing you ever remember selling in your life selling yes yeah so but when I was a kid, I used some both of my parents are artists. So I, I guess I looked at art as a way to potentially make money. So I uh, used to draw, you know, I used to make drawings of myself or drawings of like war scenes. Then I would sell them to people in my class, in my school, my teachers, my tutors. So yeah, I used to sell drawings like as like when I was like super, super young. That's awesome. I mean, and you had a large market. You didn't just sell them back to your parents, which is pretty awesome. You were able to expand your your market size there. Yeah, I was. Um, I also used to sell shark's teeth. So I used to collect fossils, right? As I said, so I used to sell shark's teeth. I used to level up, like when Pokemon came out, right? Like I used to level up my classmates' Pokemon for money. So I was actually making a lot of money as a child, to be honest. Nice. It's all coming together. I see the path to Axie Infinity. So what is the most recent thing you purchased? Most recent thing I purchased, like a coffee. All right. Nice. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that counts. I'm in almond milk. Yeah, I'm a, cream. What do you get? I'm an almond milk latte guy. No, no, no. Cold brew. No milk. No sugar. Straight up. That's like pure rocket fuel there. All right. What is the most recent thing you sold? Sold? I sold my USDC for ETH uh, last Friday. Yeah, a lot of us made some conversions. I did it when it was like a, it was still at a dollar, but I was starting to see like these, you know, these potential issues. So, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't so lucky, but hopefully by the time this airs, things are back on track, but it makes sense. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's repegged, right? It's like back, back to $1. I think so. I, I sort of got out quickly too just to be safe just i think we're all a little bit more hypersensitive these days so makes sense all right next question what is your most prized possession my most prized possession it's got to be one of my axes probably axie number 707 which is a mystic axie candy babylonia and only i think one of only 30 Five something can the candy babylonia mystic axie parts my first axie oh yeah it's something that i would never dream of selling so that's got to be that sounds about right all right 
Next question. If you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service experience that is currently for sale, what would that be? Are these questions all about like buying and selling stuff? You, you know, see. it's funny. Jeff came up with these, who is not present for this. So you can thank him for these, <laughs> for these questions. Let's see. Buy anything? Anything. Mm. Josh, this is going to be good. <laughs> He's putting a lot of thought in. I think it would be some sort of, I think it would be some sort of a NFT. I'm not sure. Like, I don't, I'm not like someone who buys anything, to be honest. I rarely buy things. So, yeah, I think that's part of why I'm interested in this space. But I would say, is there a particular like OG collection of NFTs that you just are very fond of besides your own NFTs? Mm, not really, to be honest. Like, I used to like want to buy like CryptoPunk, one of the eight ones. So if you go to the CryptoPunk Discord, you'll see that like, yeah, I used to try to buy one of those in 2019, but I haven't been interested recently. Cool. So yeah, I would say I would just want to buy a house in on Jeju Island, right? Like there's a place where my wife and I like to hang out in Korea. It's nice and tr tranquil and peaceful. Every time we go there too... Something amazing has happened for Web3 or Axie or the, or the Ronin in general. That's cool. Yeah, I was over in, in South Korea for Metacon a while back, and my girlfriend loved it there. She got to explore while I was at the conference the whole time. But like the Monk Temple food and all the beautiful places around South Korea, I want to go back. So I'm going to put Jeju Island on my bucket list for sure next time I'm in <laughs> Korea. Yeah, Jeju Island. Check it out. Yeah, the coastline is really amazing there. It's like a lot, a lot of like dope cafes. Right? I'm someone who just like me being my like happy place is just being at like a nice cafe with nobody in it, overlooking the water and riding. Oh, man, I'm there with you. I'm like thinking about life after out of LA. I'm going to do that. I'm copying that idea. Josh, you want to take the next ones? Yeah, absolutely. So if you could pass on one of your personality traits, the next generation, what would it be? Mm, I think so. I'm someone who's relentless. Like, so I just keep pushing forward. And I think that's one of my best attributes. And that's something that I would want to pass on to the next generation or my kids. Right on. That's great. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? Mm. Addiction to coffee. <laughs> mm, no, I'm really rebellious. So I'm like really rebellious, but that might be difficult to have in a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the ultimate sort of shadow of your own personality is, yeah. So it comes with uh, pros and cons, but my, yeah. my five-year-old, you know, it's this thing where, so you, you get in the car and you got to put him in the car seat which involves like, you gotta, he's gotta sit in there and you gotta put this, the seatbelt on, you know, to like be secure and safe. And I realized it's fun for him to make it difficult, right? <laughs> he like changes his body position. So it's like extra difficult. And I'm like, yeah. So that's what it's like when you're rebellious and people are getting annoyed with you, you know, <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> so, but you know, he's having fun with it. And you can tell it's like a bit entertaining. But I thought about that recently. He's like, that's a little bit of my rebelliousness right there. Coming, oh, coming right I, back at me. 
I guess that's what happens when you create a world of Ronins, right? You have a lot of rebellion, but it's also <laughs> a pretty fun and exciting place to be. Definitely. All right, next two questions, then we'll be done here. Number nine, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Uh, I was a coaching session, right? So yeah, with one of my teammates, giving them feedback on something that they're working on. And it's kind of, I think like, that's one of the things that's really important in this digital environment is, you know, sometimes you might just look at someone's work and comment or just say a couple of notes. But I think it's really important to, as if you're in person, work together on something so that they can really absorb your preferences, kind of like without having to like infer a lot of different things about the feedback that you're giving, right? It's just a lot easier to work on something together. So. Awesome. And then the final question here, the flip side of that, what are you planning to do next after the podcast? So I'm doing user interviews right now. So I'm going to be talking to one of our players, one of our Mystic Axie holders, actually. So I'm doing user interviews with the Mystic Axie owners. And it's something that, yeah, like to do these systematic user interviews where you don't just send them a survey. It's actually really important. So this is something that we started doing early on. And rather than just sending out surveys, you actually, you know, hop on a call with them and ask them questions and and record their answers. That's something that's actually really important. So I love that. I did that with my prior food tech company. And it's such a such a cool part of the process that you just have to keep doing forever, right? It doesn't stop with the first build. But does this user know that they're going to get you on the other side of the interview? Or is that going to be a surprise to them? Yeah, I mean, we, we scheduled. So cool. that's I think that's like, that's also one of the I believe in taking 100% responsibility for 100% of my work. And so sometimes that means like really, I think it would, the mystic Axie holders, they don't want to like talk to someone who's been delegated to talk to them, right? They want to talk to the people who they see as ultimately 100% responsible for something. That's so cool. I love that. Awesome. Well, that was Edge Quick Hitters. Thanks, Jiho, for playing along. A lot of informative answers and appreciate your thoughtfulness there. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, it's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you. Yes, you, Randy. 
launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Next segment is called Hot Topics, and we are going to bring on a special guest here for that. So he can jump on here momentarily, but without further ado, I'll give an intro to what we're going to talk about. So today's Hot Topic features Bob Rass, the co-founder of Sologenic. Bob is a serial entrepreneur in manufacturing tech and blockchain and keynote speaker at Blockchain Summits. Sologenic offers tokenized securities, crypto assets, including stocks and ETFs and NFTs in a decentralized ecosystem, while Corium is the first EGB blockchain providing fast, cost-efficient, and scalable infrastructure for enterprises. Bob, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, it's great to have you, Bob, and excited about our upcoming collaboration. We'll talk a little bit more about in a few minutes, but can you just start with what the core idea is behind Corium? Yes, absolutely. You know, before Corium was born, we've been working on the security tokenization ecosystem, which is called Sologenic. And that technology is a layer two technology, which has been built on XRP Ledger. And XRP Ledger does not have a smart contract. And there are some sort of limitation. And in order to expand and create a better product and, and to offer a better user experience for Sologenic, we had to come up with, basically, we came up with the idea of creating, you know, our own layer one, which allow us to implement the technology, the Sologenic technology based on that. And that's exactly how Corium idea was born. You know, right now, Corium is a blockchain that it is, it has been designed for financial institutions, enterprises, and companies and different companies. And it has a few very unique features, which probably I can elaborate a little bit more, you know, during the podcast. But the good news is that the mainnet is going to launch on March 24th and through an event that we are hosting in Los Angeles. And I think you folks are aware of that. Perhaps we're going to see you there as well. So that's how Corium Layer 1 idea was born. Yeah, we're going to be in Los Angeles. It happens around the same time. So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. We're pretty awesome. I actually live in Chicago. Josh is, lives in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, okay. No, and I already RSVP'd for that mainnet event. So I'm excited about it. <laughs> awesome. Great to have you on board here. So tell us a little bit more then about the project roadmap going forward and the strategy. Mm-hmm. Let me start from the beginning. So before we we actually start getting into the development of Corium blockchain, we have done more than two years of, actually close to two years of R&D. So a team of around 10 people, they spent two years uh, to do research and development. And sometimes around, it was towards the uh, end of 2021, 
we actually put a separate team, the development team together, and we start to develop, you know, get, get into the development of the blockchain. Very quickly move forward. The technology was available on the testnet in September 2022. During the September until today, we have done a lot of testing. We actually hired some third-party auditors to do the testing just to make sure that you know there is no security spot, you know, the and the blockchain is going to function properly. 24th of March, the mainnet is going live. The mainnet already comes with a lot of features, but within the next, I would say six months, we're gonna keep adding more new features to the blockchain. For example, some of the features that I really like is on-chain KYC and AML feature. I think Corium is the only blockchain that provide on-chain KYC and AML. It's an optional feature. So as a default, it's always off, right? But we have that feature as an optional feature. So in case if financial institutions or regulated companies, they would like to work within the regulatory framework, we give them the power. So the way that it works, uh, every transaction that are being transferred from one wallet to the other wallet from the same you know, uh, financial institution account is going to have some metadata encrypted with that transaction. For example, beneficiary name, beneficiary address, date of birth, whatever. It's, it works very similar way as the SWIFT, right? And, and these metadata are encrypted inside the transaction. The receiver is going to decrypt it and see all the data. Not only that, we're also giving the financial institution the ability to freeze a wallet if there is any regulatory concern. But again, you know, on Corium blockchain itself, these features are off. We don't really have that, right? So it works like any other blockchain. But the companies, you know, the financial institution that they would like to utilize Corium technology and build their own product, they can always turn it on just to make sure that they are using blockchain technology while they are 100% in compliance with a framework. So that's something that we're going to be adding. Beside that, Corium has interoperability bridge right now on 24th. We're going to be going live with XRP, Ledger, and Corium network bridge. And by end of Q2, we're going to be launching IBC, which is going to bring open a lot of doors to other blockchain that they are already integrated with IBC. And right after that, we're going to be creating a decentralized bridge between Bitcoin network and Corium network. And sometimes toward Q3, we're actually going to launch decentralized exchange capability. We're not going to be putting a UI on it, so we're not going to be launching you know, a decentralized exchange, but the technology is there. So a company should step forward, create a UI using the, tech, the decentralized capability of Corio. And just to be clear here, when we are designing you know, that decentralized exchange capability, we actually have two ideas. You know, we, we keep these two ideas in mind. Number one is user experience. We would like to create a decentralized exchange which gives a centralized experience to the users. It means that there's an order book. It's not like Uniswap that you don't really see the orders, right? There's order book that they're going to be advanced order type. You can put limit order, you can put a stop loss, whatever. Um, and charting tools, right? So we, we're going to be supporting professional charting tools as well. 
So this is one side of it. And the other side is automated market making. We would like to create a great tool, an SDK for market makers. So they can easily do market making on, on the Corium decentralized exchange. Yeah. So we are extremely excited. You yeah. know, hopefully 2023. Yeah. It's, it's, we're excited too. We talked earlier on the show about sort of decentralizing gaming as we know it today. You guys are decentralizing finance as we know it today. And these are really exciting things that get me pumped up about where we're going 2023 and beyond. I'm also pumped up about the party on the 24th. It's one of our official after parties for Outer Edge LA. I heard about a renowned DJ, Ian Asher, live performance by Steve's Productions. Anything else that you want to drop about the party? You know, the party has been, you know, our team that have been working on this party and this event perhaps for three months right now. We work with a few third party service providers as well. About 350 guests, they're going to be there. A lot of influencers, a lot of tech executives and some celebrities are going to be there. And, you know, the team that actually schedule some performance, right? Which I think we are going to surprise everyone. It's, it's a very entertaining <laughs> performance when we are going to launch the mainnet. I think that's, that's a schedule to happen around 10.30 PM. I'm not exactly sure, but. Yeah, I'm just excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, me too, because Outer Edge LA is going to be like officially over at that point, And I will have my life back. So I will be pure gentle at that point, having a great time with you. So really, really excited about that. And Gio, if you can't make it in person, feel free to send you know someone in your place. But of course, you're welcome as well. And appreciate you joining us, Bob. And where can listeners learn more information about Corium? So sorry, can you repeat that question? You're cutting off. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just to wrap up, wanted to let listeners know where they can learn more about Corium. Oh, you know, the web, the official website is corium.com. If they go to the website, they can see all the information right there. And you know, as a matter of fact, develop developers, they can actually start building their DeFi products on our testnet. Yeah. And once the mainnet is live, they can actually make the product live officially. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking a moment to come by and we appreciate the opportunity to partner with you like this and excited about the launch. Perfect. Thank you very much. My pleasure. All right. Talk soon. Awesome. We'll catch you later, Bob. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks to everyone for exploring with us. We have got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How can you do that? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.